What is good guys, welcome to Top House Sports, where we analyze and break down sports games from the week, as well as our reactions and predictions from this past week. I'm Hansel Chu along with Kaden Mutemid, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. So, the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers, they both lost yesterday, and right now the Nets are 1-3, and, and when you look at the roster with how great the roster is constructed with Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and all these great role players, is it time to press the panic button for the Brooklyn Nets? Honestly, no. I from what I've seen so far, the Nets have had a few couple like they they've haven't played like easy teams. They've had a couple hard matchups in which they've came up a little short. We saw last night against the Bucks. They were leading throughout the, all the the all of the third like the toward the beginning of the third quarter, and Giannis just said, "Oh, I want to win this game," and so they did end up losing. But this team. I think that more than anything, they do need to wait it out just so that they can get more chemistry with one another because I think that this team can work. They have the shooters. We saw Royce O'Neal have a fire fire spurt shooting, like I think, four threes in the second quarter last night. It was just an all-around performance from the team, but they still came up short. Kyrie and KD, we know they can work t- well together. Ben Simmons need to, needs to be like entered into that e- equation. And once like the, he figures out his role for the team, which is going to be like the primary defender and like a facilitator then i think that this team will start to win games i do agree the brooklyn nets do need to wait this out a little bit i think there's a lot of chemistry issues especially with just trying to integrate all the pieces together Um, i know last year they didn't have ben simmons for most of the year a lot of the players also were injured or just coming off of other rosters i know like joe harris um he was out almost entire year with an ankle injury seth curry's not even back yet for the brooklyn nets so there's just a lot of chemistry issues that need to be figured out but Ben Simmons has also been looking really horrible to start the year. I know it's been over a year or two since he last played, but with the way Ben Simmons has playing, how do you adjust Ben Simmons? Is it him playing less minutes or him changing his role? Um, right now it looks as though he's trying to—he's kind of getting like forced into it. Like he's not really getting to like just ease into the process and into the rotation. And like I think that's a really big problem. I think that if you need to, you need to really like incorporate him like slowly and whether that's instead like just letting him find his own rhythm. I know he's like we we've seen like there's highlights that prove it too. He is very hesitant to shoot. And that's something that he's always been through his whole career. But honestly, that does, that isn't even where he thrives. We know Ben Simmons is a very very good playmaker, very good defender, and he brings height to what could be the point guard position. So Honestly, my suggestion for maybe a way that they could fix this is by starting Kyrie at the two and Ben Simmons at the one. I think that if you have someone like at the wing position like Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal that are able to shoot and knock down the three, maybe we could see some small ball with Kevin Durant at the five because I don't really think that they have a like a center that they can like, besides Nick Claxton, like say is officially in their rotation. I, I know we've seen Dayron Sharp, but... I don't know how confident they are in that rookie. But, yeah, I, def- I definitely think that they should try and start Ben Simmons at the one. I think Ben Simmons just needs to be more aggressive offensively because I compare him to more of a Draymond Green. Um, they both can't shoot the ball. But the way Draymond excels in that Warriors offense is him playmaking, him trying to set the offense up. But also, the way that it works for the Warriors is Draymond's also aggressive to the rim. Like, he's not afraid to attack the basket. For example, a fake dribble handoff to Curry or Clara Poole, he could fake it and then drive to the basket and attack the rim, finish with the layup or a dish out to another person. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, though, like 
defenses know that he's not going to shoot the ball if, he, if he's two feet away from the basket. Like, if Ben Simmons is more aggressive attacking the rim and finishing over defenders, because he's six foot ten with a long wingspan, not a lot of people can guard him. Maybe, I don't know if it's free throw issues, if he's scared to go to the free throw line, if he's scared that he's going to get fouled and he has to shoot free throws, but either way, Ben Simmons needs to be more aggressive because with him not being aggressive, it's going to be harder for Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving to get their shots. But we also seen Draymond Green when defense is sagging off for him to dribble a handoff and set a screen or quickly pass it to someone and set a screen immediately. Ben Simmons is just kind of like standing there trying to direct the offense. And when he passes, he kind of just fades off into the corner type of thing. And what that does, the defense could just sag off of him because they know that he's not going to shoot. So they're going to help Kevin Durant or they're going to help on Kyrie Irving. So this would be two on one basically for KD or Kyrie. If Ben Simmons could pass the ball, set more screens and roll to the basket hard, it's going to get this offense flowing, which is going to get open looks for other shooters like Joe Harris to get clean looks. Yeah, honestly, one really big problem I see with the Nets is that their front court shooting. If Ben Simmons were to start at the four, it's just uh, it's terrible. We know Nick Claxton can't shoot either. And even at free throws, like I think Ben Simmons also struggles from free throws. They're really just poor offensive players. In, in 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 a shooting manner, we know that Ben Simmons can facilitate and um, Nick Claxton is a rim threat, but I don't really like that combo at all. So I'm not sure. Maybe down the line, if this continues to plan out as we've seen so far, maybe they do need to make a trade or something just to shake up the roster. But yeah, for now, I really hate their spacing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could also suggest that they could start Ben Simmons at the five, if anything, because he's tall enough to play that five position. He's not going to be the tallest, but he's big enough, strong enough to play that six foot ten center position. And if they run him on like a center where he's running the pick and rolls, that's going to be really deadly, especially if you have shooters around um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, because he just has to set screens, roll to the basket hard, but he can also play make as well, get the offense going. So I think if they play him at the five, it's going to cause a lot of problems on the defense and offensive side on the other team. But again, for the Brooklyn Nets, with how they, with how their season starts pretty slow, do you think they need to make trades, or should they keep waiting this out as well? Um, I definitely think that they should wait it out. It's four games into the season. I think that's very small margin, and this team hasn't looked necessarily like bad. I think more so the individual play of Ben Simmons has been kind of like weird to start the season. But Kyrie and KD have done their thing. Um, the integration of Royce O'Neal, I honestly think that's a match made in heaven. I think he's going to be very important for that team. But yeah, it's definitely too early to start to like start speculating on whether they should like trade or, or like go for a trade or not. But hey, maybe like 20, 25 games into the season, if they're still at an under 500 record and they're struggling, I could see them making a trade for sure. For me, I think they need to make a trade pretty much as soon as possible for me. Um, besides Kyrie and KD, there's not that reliable third scorer, which is kind of like hard to believe because they already had James Harden in years past, which was that third scorer. But as we've seen right now, Kyrie and KD is doing all the work offensively and no one else is kind of stepping in. Maybe it's just outside shooters not hitting their shots right now, but what I'm just looking at right now, Kyrie and KD are carrying the load offensively and they don't have anyone to help them out. So if they need to make a trade, I do think they need to trade for... Um, better defenders or reliable third option because Cam Thomas we saw has potential to be that next scorer that next guy up to help carry this offensive load but uh, when you've seen in the big games right now he's not even getting minutes maybe eight minutes five minutes so he's not getting any playing time so Kevin Durant and Kyrie are the only source of offense for this Brooklyn Nets team right now plus also besides Ben Simmons 
I can't name anyone else that's also a reliable defender for this Brooklyn Nets team besides Nick Claston, who is a rim protector. They don't really have any perimeter defenders besides Ben Simmons or Royce O'Neal. So I do think if the Nets want to compete, they'd have to make a trade for a better defender or someone that could also score for them as a third option. Yeah, and really quick to touch up on like something. Um, they do have like players that were supposed to be able to do this. Like Patty Mills, he is supposed to be a streaky shooter that can come off the bench for them, but he just hasn't been that to start the year. Whether he's struggling or not, definitely need to find someone to fill in that role. So I agree with you. And lastly, does the slow start for the Brooklyn Nets change anything about your opinion where they're going to finish at the end of the season? No, solely for the fact that I had the Brooklyn Nets barely sneaking in at the playoffs. I think that they're going to be toward the lower tier of the Eastern Conference teams. I, I think that the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Heat, those those teams are all like levels above them. Um, one can even argue the Bulls are having a fantastic start to the season too, looking good even with Alonso Ball. So maybe when Alonso comes back, they'll actually start to like cause problems as we saw them do last season so there's just so much talent in the east i still have them finishing toward the bottom may barely sneaking in the playoffs um hasn't changed for me yet but it could very well start to if they keep playing like this it doesn't change my opinion as well for the Brooklyn nets um i think they're just too good of a team to fall below the fifth seed i have them in pretty much the top five in the eastern conference and just wait the way the players they have the pieces they have, I just don't see them falling below the fifth seed. I just think they need to figure this out and just let time heal everything because they just need to work on chemistry and work together as a team. Another team that has been struggling right now is the Los Angeles Lakers. They're one of the few teams to not have a winless record throughout their first few games in the NBA. Where do they go from here? They're 0-4, no Westbrook yesterday, and they still lost to the Nuggets. So if you're the coach, the GM, the players... What direction are you going from now on? Um, I think it's pretty simple. You have two players on your roster, which I say are you should not trade. That's LeBron and Anthony Davis. Other than that, you should make it known that everyone else is available and that you're trying to upgrade not like just shooters. You need shooters on that team. I saw the historically bad start that they had shooting 21% from three in their first four games. That's atrocious. Or it might be first three, but that's still so bad. The Lakers just... They need better shooters to surround them because without LeBron and AD being able to kick out to a threat and they end up missing the shots, it's just it stuns the flow of offense. And we've seen, honestly, Anthony Davis has had probably one of the better starts to a season that he's had in recent years. Um, LeBron has really done LeBron things. He hasn't done like uh, anything really bad. But other than those two players, we haven't really seen anyone on that roster really thrive. Now, they are missing a couple pieces. Dennis Schroeder's still out. But I don't know. I really don't like the formation of that roster. So what do you think? Do you think they need to make a trade? Do you think they need to make moves? I I don't know, man. This trade needs to happen ASAP, bro. They need Buddy Hield and Miles Turner as fast as possible. Um, the way they're constructed, it's just I don't know what direction Rob Palenka was going at with this team. Um, you, could play, you could blame Russell Westbrook all you want, but he did not play yesterday, and the Lakers still shot 8 for 30. So I don't <laughs> care if it was Russell Westbrook was a problem or whatnot. This team as a whole is just not constructed very well. Of course, Russell Westbrook had his share of problems with shot selection, um, play on the play on the court. And him is not the only problem on this Lakers team. There's also Anthony Davis having really, really poor shot selection and really poor shooting efficiency from the field. Uh, you have LeBron. He's kind of getting older now. He's not having that explosive steps. We saw yesterday he had like eight turnovers. So his ball security is not on the top of his game as well. Other shooters I have... 
I mean, do they even have shooters on this team? None of them can shoot the ball. So it's not just Russell Westbrook having problems, just everyone on this Lakers. And like you said, I think they just need to trade everyone, kind of start fresh. We said LeBron and AD kind of pull like a 2018 Cavaliers where they just blew up that entire roster. They, they need to shake this whole roster up. Yeah. They have no one that could reliably ha- be that third option. They have basically no defenders. They have no shooters. So they just need to shake this whole up, construct it from fresh, because this whole team is a mess right now. Yeah, and we've just seen, like, but pretty much this whole team has struggled, like, going into last season as well. This team has been formed very, very poorly by Rob Polinka. And it's just, you need to make a move, and... Keep in mind, like, they were hesitant to make the trade with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner because they didn't want to get picks. But you're buying in to LeBron James being good in his prime for another couple seasons. You're buying into Anthony Davis still being able to be that guy for you guys. This is this has potential to be a contending roster. They have two all-star caliber players, superstar caliber players even. So it's a, it's a, necess- it's like a necessary thing for them to just explore traits, and be willing to give up those first-round picks because would you rather be paying these guys the big bucks and just struggle and lose, or would you rather compete? It's I think it's a simple question. And um, until they make a trade, there is no shot that this team has the ability to compete. And uh, who do you blame for this Lakers poor start? Is it the GM, the coach, the players? Who is it to blame? Um, Honestly, I'm going to blame the GM because the way this roster is built, I don't think they necessarily have any bad players. It's just the matches. Like you have like Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, two players who are not the best shooters at the point guard position and may make questionable decisions at times. Um LeBron, AD, you know what they can do. But besides that, they really don't have like Thomas Bryant, Kendrick Nunn, they're the holes that they filled the roster with are just not equating to like potential matches that the Lakers could have and actually like be able to thrive in their offense um going back a couple years if you want to compare it like we talked about this last podcast but um JaVale McGee Dwight Howard they had some big name threats that would make you think twice about driving on them and that's something that they don't have this year Anthony Davis is their closest thing to that but he's not playing like that this year and Thomas Bryant is not a shot blocker so they definitely need some rim protection but they also need shooting because we've seen what they are unable to do so far to start the year. Whether it was Danny Green in years past, Mark Markeith Morris, just they need someone to bring the ability to shoot to that team because right now they are struggling big time. I do agree. I blame the GM. I kind of get what the direction he was trying to get for this team. It was trying to get more shot creators, more players to help LeBron out. So LeBron doesn't have to carry the load offensively that much, but... We've seen so many teams trying to do that, too, in years past, trying to help LeBron get more shot creators, you know, try to get LeBron more playmakers. But at the end of the day, LeBron is the guy that's going to have the ball the most. He's going to be the playmaker, the guy that gets the ball the most, the guy that's going to drive, the guy that's going to score for this offense. You need players that would fit the role and help complement LeBron, which are people that can shoot the ball, help fill in the role, shot blocking, grab rebounds, and also play great defense. You don't need another playmaker because LeBron is arguably the best passer in the league he's going to be running the offense you need people that can help him out make his life easier by when he passes you the ball you know what your role is is whether that to shoot or attack the rim or catch lobs and dunk it down because with this the way they're constructed right now is just have players that can create their own shot but they're not going to compliment lebron which is why they are screwing up big time right now 
And is there any way to salvage this slow start for the Lakers? Salvage, yes, but I think the only way to do that is through trade. So they will not be able to salvage it through this current roster. Changes are needed for this team. I think it's evident throughout just all analysts that can view this team. It's just not working. 0-4 to start the year, this team is not on par to make the playoffs even. And it's just something needs to change because you have two superstars on this team. You can't be 0-4 to start the season. So they just need a trade or two to help them out, get what they need, and get back on track. For sure. And the MLB World Series starts tomorrow on Friday where we have the Phillies and the Astros. Who would have thought the Phillies would have made all the way to the World Series? But who do you have winning it all? Um, I I want to go for the Phillies, but my most logical answer is the Astros. They were there last year. They're back for revenge. It's kind of like a storyline, you know. Everyone hates the Astros. Everyone's counting them out and writing the Phillies because they are, I don't know, kind of like the surprise. I feel like a lot of people root for the underdog, but... Especially against the Astros, too. Um, I am going to go with the Astros, though, solely because we expected them to be there. We know what they can bring. And just overall, I think this team has more experience probably toward the end end of the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Astros. I do agree. I'm going to take the Astros for this one. Um, The Phillies have been on a tear uh, in this whole postseason. They beat the Braves, who won over 100 games. They beat the Padres, who just beat the Dodgers. So the Padres are no joke as well. But the Phillies, as you saw throughout the whole postseason, they are just hitting bombs over bombs. Like they're getting home runs, they're getting plays offensively. No one, their whole offense is on fire right now. Bryce Harper just had a legacy moment where he hit that home run to send the Padres home. So this whole offense has been on a tear. But for the Astros, they've been slept on because they have not lost a single playoff game this entire postseason. They swept the Mariners. <laughs> They swept the Yankees, but no one's been talking about them because they're just solely the Astros and nobody likes them. Yep. And if you compare the both teams, um, the Phillies, Phillies and the Astros offense, I will see. I will give the nod toward the Phillies. They, I think that they're slightly a bit better just because they're on fire right now. But both offenses, I will say they're about equal. But the thing that's going to take me toward the Astros side is because their defense and their pitching. Um, the Phillies, I know they have Zach Wheeler. He's a great pitcher. But outside of that, I don't really trust anyone besides him to be that guy. For the Astros, you have so many starting pitchers, quality starting pitchers that can take them over the top. They have uh, Justin Verlander, who's been a Cy Young candidate for most of the year. Um, you also have Lance McCullins Jr., Javier, and then their closer, Abreu. They have so many great pitchers. It's going to make it hard for these Phillies to hit the ball over them. So I'm gonna take the Astros. I'm gonna take the Astros in six. I think that's I think that's fair. Astros in six sounds good. All right, and so because of that, let's finish it off with the NFL. Week eight is just right around the corner. A couple great matchups. Let's start with the Thursday night game. We have the Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens. Who do you have winning that one? I think it's pretty easy. The Bucks have been struggling as of recent, and I don't really see that changing in the, just this week. Um, Lamar and the Ravens, although there was question marks around. The tight end, Mark Andrews, only being able to rush for four yards and that being his only stat line. Um, I think that the Ravens win this, though. Uh, actually, I don't know. Something in my gut's telling me to go with the Buccaneers. Um, whether it be just their defense beginning to click more, I think that their defense is going to bring a lot of pressure to, um, to Lamar Jackson and make him go out the pocket and make plays more. So Lamar's going to probably have a big game, but... 
I think this defense is going to edge out the Ravens. So I'm actually going to take the Buccaneers with that one. These are two teams that have fallen off a little bit. Tom Brady has not been playing up to par. Um, Lamar Jackson, he looked solid for the first three weeks, and then he forgot how to play the game of football again. <laughs> so I don't know. It's tough because Lamar hasn't been playing well. He hasn't been throwing the ball well. And I don't think this is a game where he's able to bounce back because this Tampa Bay defense is also really, really good as well. But on the other side, you can say the same thing about Tom Brady and his offense. They're not playing yeah. well. They're not going to have a good bounce back game against the Baltimore Ravens, too. Yeah, ultimately, I think it comes down to a battle of the defenses. And I think the Buccaneers do edge out the Ravens in that category. But honestly, it could go either way. These two teams have been struggling. So maybe one team decides to fix it up and just go for a blowout win. I think that's it's completely possible. Yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'm going to side with the Buccaneers because I think this defense is going to do enough to get them over the top. And Tom Brady, I know he's not that good, but I'm pretty sure he's able to get the ball to his receivers. So I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Then we have a London game with the Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you have winning that one? Man, just for your sake, I want to <laughs> say the, the Broncos. But, man, there's so many question marks around the team. Is Russell Wilson healthy? Can they overcome injuries and truly be able to compete like everyone thought they were going to be? And they have players on the trade block like Jerry Judy. It's just so many things around the team happening right now. I, my, my heart, I want to take them, but I don't know. Jacksonville, as of recently, they haven't been playing too badly. Honestly, I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think this is a bounce-back win, even though they've endured so many struggles. But it's going to be a close game. Oh, definitely. I think this is where I know their season's already kind of done, but their backs are literally against the wall. There's just so many things that can happen if they lose this game. So I think just out of desperation, the Broncos will come out on fire. They're going to come out with a lot of sense of urgency. I'm taking the Broncos over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Then you have your Patriots over the New York Jets, who's been playing super, super yeah. well. Who um, are you winning that one? So at first I was beginning to think like, oh my God, these Jets are on a roll. I honestly think that they're going to win this game. But then I thought for a second, looking back to last year, Mac Jones didn't lose to the Jets once. And he did what he, he in one of those games, they dropped a 50 burger. So I know this is a very revamped Jets team, but I'm fully expecting this to be a very, very close game. I'm going to say that the Jets will take this one, but don't expect the Patriots to like, be any short of maybe like five to ten points like it's going to be a close game the patriots they've been looking so inconsistent there's some games <laughs> where they just look like they're a playoff team they're able to run the ball they're getting skilling then you also have the game last week where they oh, just man you just you're, you're questioning what is going on with this patriots team so because of the inconsistencies and what i've been seeing from the jets i'm taking the jets but don't be surprised if the Patriots have a really dominant game where they're just stellar on defense and they're able to run the ball. Yeah, that's the thing. With these inconsistent teams, it's really hard to tell which like whether they're gonna whether they're gonna be the team like that they were against the Bears or that they're gonna be a team maybe that they were a couple weeks back and just out, flat out dominated the Browns. So it's really hard to tell. So yeah, I'm gonna take the Jets as well. And then we have the Titans and the Texans. I think we kind of know which one's going to take this one. Yeah, I think this is easy. Um, the Titans defense has been so impressive as of recently. I think them alone will probably end up winning the game. Yeah. Although they still do have Derrick Henry and that, I'm going to say mid-offense. But yeah. definitely beats out the Texans in my book. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Titans. 
Alright, then we have the Raiders and the Saints. This is a pretty interesting one. Both teams on paper look like one of the better teams, but in reality, the record shows otherwise. Who do you have winning this one? Oh, man. Um, I think this is a game in which I see um, kind of just Derek Carr has an impressive game. I think that the matchup, we know Devontae Adams is going to be just swarmed by this secondary for the Saints. So I'm expecting a lot of um, target shares to go toward other wide receivers, per se, maybe um, Hunter Renfro or... Um, I don't know. Um, we still don't. There's question marks around whether or not uh, Darren Wall is healthy, so I'm going to leave him out of the picture for the time being. But we've also seen how dominant they've been through the run game as of recently. Josh Jacobs has just been t- like just on another level. So I will say that the Raiders win this game, but it will not be solely because of Josh Jacobs. I think that the threat of Josh Jacobs is going to open up the field more, and Devontae Adams is going to have a good game through Derek Carr. As much as I want to take the Raiders, I, I don't know. The Saints been looking kind of bad, but I don't know. Andy Dalton kind of, he didn't play the best of games. He did have like three or four interceptions last game, but the way he's been throwing the ball, I'm kind of leaning toward the Saints a little bit because the Raiders' pass defense hasn't been great. You know, there's Alvin Kamara as well. I'm leaning toward the Saints because they've been so inconsistent. I feel like there just has yeah. to be a game where they bounce back, but I'm not surprised if the Raiders win this one as well. You have the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you have winning that one? I may want to go for a very, very hot take here. But the Steelers' defense, as of recently, has been like just having question marks. Honestly, since the beginning where they lost TJ Watt, um, I don't expect... I can't, I can't. I think the Eagles are going to take this game. I wanted to make it interesting, but man, the Eagles just picked up... Um, ah, Robert Quinn. Yeah, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. Um, and that just adds to the depth of um, pass rushers along with Fletcher Cox. Just their team is so complete all around. I have to take the Eagles in this one. I want to take, I want to side with you, but I don't know. There's a gut feeling inside of me right now where the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers overtake the Eagles. Like, I don't know what no, it is. That's the thing. I, I, I have a gut feeling right yeah. now that the Eagles are going to lose and the Steelers are going to win. I don't know what's about it. Maybe it's the Steelers' defense. They haven't been playing the best of best, but I just have a gut feeling the Steelers are going to win this one. And then we have the primetime matchup on Sunday night, Green Bay against Buffalo. Who do you have winning that one? Buffalo, easily. Really? Yeah. Really easily? Not really easily, but it's going to be a margin of two touchdowns at least. Interesting. I do have the Buffalo Bills winning this one, but I don't think it's going to be that, that, that much of a blowout. I think Aaron Rodgers is still able to make things work. It's Aaron Rodgers after all. But yeah. yeah, I'm going to still side Buffalo is going to win this one. I'm more so looking like I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to do his thing as well. I'm more, but the the defense, man, for the Packers oh, yeah. is so questionable. So I think that the offense for the Bills is just going to over just – run them Devin Singletary is going to have a very good game against that defense and then you know Josh Allen is Josh Allen so not not, not really anything more needs to be said all right I'm have a very interesting matchup here we have the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks both teams have the winning record and this is the only team oh uh, this is the only matchup in the NFL for week eight that have two teams that are playing each other with winning records which is kind of surprising to see uh-huh <laughs> but who are you signing with for this game Oh, I think this is going to be a very good game. I, However, 
I think that the Giants are going to slow down in this game. I think that they've been on a tear to start. While Saquon has been doing his thing, there's just really no other threats on the offense. The, the, uh, Danny Dimes has been playing really well as well. But your your only two like consistent offensive players being a quarterback and running back that's not good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end up taking the Seahawks because I think Geno Smith has just been so consistent throughout the season in a way where he has his targets. Tyler Lockett's gotten his fair share. Um, DK Metcalf is there. Kenny Ken, Kenny Walker is also looking like just so good to start in his replacement or like as he's been replacing Rashad Penny. And I think there's less question marks. I don't know. The defense, I think the defense goes to the uh, Giants, but I don't know. I think the margin of the offense will lead to the Seahawks winning this game. I have the Seahawks winning as well, and I think the Seahawks defense is better than the Giants, to be fair. Mm. I think they've been one of the most underrated, uh, underslept teams in the NFL in terms of the defense. No, like, I and we said Tariq, uh, Tariq Wilson from last week. Like This guy has superstar potential. He looks like a mini Richard Sherman. Um, you also have some of the players from the trade with the Denver Broncos, Shelby Harris. He's been solid as well. So you have a lot of solid places. Quandre Diggs as well. He's been emerging as one of the better safeties in the league. So this Seahawks defense has been playing really, really solid. It's just not been talked about. And again, like you said, Geno Smith is very consistent. Sometimes he does turn the ball over, but as we've seen throughout, he's just a consistent guy. There's no DK Metcalf, but again, they still have Tyler Lockett, which I'm taking Tyler Lockett over yeah. anyone on the Giants wide receiver room. Definitely. And the Rashad, uh, not Rashad Petty, Kenneth Walker. We see this guy is explosive. And this O-line has been pretty, pretty good, too. The Seahawks O-line has been really solid. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. The Giants, again, they do have Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, but I just don't trust that run. I don't trust that run game against the Seattle Seahawks when Saquon, he did have 25 rush attempts for 110 last week against the Panthers, but with the way that this game is going to be playing, I think the Seahawks are going to be winning, and Daniel Jones has to throw the ball more. Yeah, I agree completely. All right, and then we have the 49ers and the Rams, another NFC West matchup. The 49ers won last time in a complete blowout. Do you think the Rams are going to redeem themselves? I'm going to have a very interesting take here, one that no one's had so far to start the year. I think this game is going to be very close, and close enough to where it ends in a tie. So I'm gonna, really? I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> this is going to be crazy, but I'm going to predict this game goes 100% to overtime, and whether or not there's a score... We'll see, but I'm 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 ex- fully expecting this game to go to overtime. I think this is going to be a very close game, but I can see the Niners edging it out. However, I'm for for the fun of it, I'm going to predict that this game will end in a tie. Interesting, <laughs> interesting take from Caden. I'm taking the 49ers. McCaffrey he has a full week to get integrated into the Kyle Shanahan offense, and we know what McCaffrey can bring along with this 49ers offense. This defense has been pretty pretty explosive as well. The Rams they just been they're struggling right now. They it seems like they're still trying to find their groove. They just came off a bye week. I'm taking the 49ers over the Rams. And then we have the Monday night Monday night matchup. We have the Bengals and the Browns. Who do you have winning that one? The Bengals. They looked so good last week and Tyler Boyd got an insane amount of targets and um Joe Burrow just torched the whole field. Jamar did his thing as well. It's just this team we know what they could do. We saw what they could do last year. And for some reason, they had a very slow start to the year. But I truly think that they're picking that up. And they will pick up another win this week against the Browns, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so I think they're, they'll still be on the right path to eventually getting... I don't know if they'll get back to the Super Bowl, but I think that they'll get to the playoffs for sure. 
I'm taking the Bengals as well over the Browns. The way Joe Burrow's been playing has been phenomenal, but don't expect a big blowout from this game. I think that this Browns defense is going to force some turnovers. I'll probably say they'll get like an interception on Joe Burrow, but I think the offense is too much for the Cleveland Browns to give you the Bengals over the Browns. Yeah, and the Browns, they have a good offense, but it's built on their running backs. And so Jacoby Brissett in recent weeks has struggled so much with throwing the ball, and Amari Cooper getting his targets shares has also been a little inconsistent throughout the year. So that's, I think, the biggest question marks for them. That's why I think they'll lose this game. But as you said, the defense is very good for that team. So it will not be that big of a margin. However, I think that it will not go the Browns' way, and I think the Bengals will win. And that's all we have for today. And for more episodes, check out Top House Sports on Spotify. I'm Hans with Chilal with Katie and we'll see you next time.